wouldn't you agree when there is no love or love that is lacking there isn't going to be much participation or presence when we love someone we want to be in their life in the bible on the night jesus gave the gift of communion Judas was the man of separation and betrayal. The Bible shows how Judas was not in the group. He went out into the darkness on his own after he betrayed Jesus. This rejection of Jesus, of God himself, by Judas is just one ripple in the pond that started back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve went off on their own in sin. And the ripples continue today when we go off on our own without the love of Jesus, without his leadership or guidance. So what is God's reaction? Well, to his fragile, hurting, broken, rebellious, and even ornery children, God stretches out his hand and says, I want to be with you in your life. The Bible makes it clear that he's always had this love, this heart for his children. From day one, God expressed his love through participation and presence. During the good days before the fall into sin, God was walking in the garden and talking with his dear children. After people strayed, God was still present in their lives, appearing to Moses and delivering his people. When the people were in the wilderness, God was guarding them with a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud. When they worshipped, God was filling the tabernacle with his glory, showing them that he was with them. When the people rebelled against God, he was speaking and acting through prophets. And at the night, at the right time, for the sin of the whole world, God was sending his one and only son, Jesus, to live for you and to die on the cross for you. And when Jesus was getting ready to leave this earth after his death and resurrection, he told his disciples that he would, he'd be with them. So, the night when Jesus was betrayed, they gathered for the Passover meal. Jesus took the bread and said, take and eat. This is my body. He took the cup of wine and said, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood. Jesus let the disciples know that the next time they would feast together would be in heaven. But for now, he was still present. God's love and commitment to your life have always meant his participation and presence. Holy Communion is an extension of what he has always done. Some people say, well, how could Jesus really be present when you eat and drink the bread and wine? How can the infinite God take up such lowly forms here and now? Well, it was God's idea. It was his idea to be with his children, always there, always forgiving you, always strengthening you. What would cause God to do such a thing like that? Well, it's love that leads your Lord and Savior to be with you in this life. MO, that stands for modus operandi or method of operation. I mean, if you're like me and you like to watch police shows on TV, you know that it's a police term that refers to the way a criminal works. 
I mean, certain criminals always had certain ways of doing things. A bank robber would always wear a mask that looked like a U.S. president. A burglar would always eat a few goodies from the refrigerator of his victims. An arsonist would always leave traces of the same chemicals. That was the M.O. God has a M.O. too. If you read through the Bible, you see that he always has been present for the purpose of life and salvation. So we're going to look at a few examples. And you'll see that this communion understanding, this belief that Jesus is present in, with, and under the bread and the wine, it just doesn't come from out of the air. It's how God operates. Moses encountered the burning bush. Remember that story? Sure you do. It's in uh, Exodus chapter 3. You can read that. If you were to stop the action that day, tap Moses on the shoulder and ask what was going on, what do you think he would say? Would he respond, Well, I'm just interacting with a symbol of the God I love and trust. This moment provides me with an intimate spiritual unity for my personal growth and strength. Is that what Moses would say? Or would he say, See that bush? It's God. He's right there. You better take off your shoes and fall on your face in the presence of the Holy Lord. Moses was talking to God. God who was present for the purpose of saving his people. And what about later in Exodus when the people of Israel were freed? You can read about that in chapter 13 and 14. Do you remember the story? What if you were able to interview an Israelite during these exciting events? What if you asked him or her, what is that pillar of cloud? And what is that pillar of fire? Do you think they would reply, oh, those pillars are representations of the infinite and eternal God. When we see them, we connect with God with spiritual depth and fervor. We are brought closer to him because of those symbols. Is that what an Israelite would say? I doubt it. Or would they say, that's God. Look, he's saving us from the Egyptians. Once again, God's modus, modus of operandi. Those pillars were God. God who was present for the purpose of saving his people. Fast forward now towards the end of Exodus. Chapter 40, the tabernacle, that portable place of worship for God's people. Shall we interview Moses or an Israelite again? I think you get the idea. The cloud was not looked at as a symbolic representation of God. It was God. God with his people. It was God's MO. His presence for the purpose of saving his people. We can talk about God's constant action of being present with his people for their salvation. The prophets, they were not just men who spoke about God and his will. They were the embodiment of God's message. Just think about some of those guys. Hosea, great example, demonstrated God's action. Hosea's wife was a living demonstration of Israel's on-again, off-again relationship with God. Look at Look at chapter 3 of Hosea. Mm-hmm. 
the prophet acted as God's visible presence. Why? For purpose of saving his people. God continued his method of operation as referenced in Matthew chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. And you shall call that baby Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus was the presence of God for the purpose of salvation. Jesus was consistent with God's M.O. that he established at creation. And then, on the night Jesus was betrayed, as he was getting ready to leave the earth, Jesus said something to the disciples that is recounted four times in the Bible. You can take a look at Matthew's account, chapter 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. There it is again. God's M.O. Hmm. Before Jesus left the earth, he made sure that God's method of interacting with his people would continue. He gave us his body and blood in communion. He promised that it was given for the forgiveness of our sins. It is the presence of God for the purpose of salvation, isn't it? What if you walked up to Jesus during the Last Supper and asked, isn't this really just a symbolic tool to connect us to you spiritually? Wouldn't Jesus say, did you hear what I said? This is my body. This is my blood. This is my presence with you until we're reunited in heaven. That's how my father has always worked. And that is how he will continue to work until the last day. Communion seems strange in our day and age. But when you... See God's track record through history? When you realize the way he has worked? And when you see that he wants to continue working in our lives as he has throughout history? Then communion makes complete sense. God is gracious enough to be tangible in our world. He refuses to be merely an idea. I'll say that again. God refuses to be merely an idea. Beyond our cognitive apprehension of God, he gives us his tangible presence for the purpose of our salvation. And that helps us understand the holiness, the sacredness, the beauty, and the specialness of the Lord's Supper.